Ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing out there? Welcome, welcome to the Side Jump. I'm your host, Dennis Holmes, with my co-host, the Chocolate Girl, Sharon Mullen is in the building. How you doing, Sharon? I'm doing pretty good today. No, I'm lying. It's been an emotional morning for me. I have to admit that. I would not be my authentic self if I got on here pretending like I'm just this happy-go-lucky person like I you know, present myself all the time, but it's been an emotional morning, but I'm getting it together. You were singing to me before the show. I feel so much better now. Spent some time with my son this morning. It's really helped. So I'm feeling a lot chocolate, a little chocolatey this morning. So I'm I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Dan? Things going over there in Philly? Uh, Things is going pretty good over here in Philly. It rained for like three days straight, but yesterday the sun shines so bright. I felt so good about it. Everything was all right. You know, um Hey, I, you just rhyme. The sun yeah. is so bright, everything is all right. Go yeah. ahead, rapper. DJ, DJ Dan. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call you. Sometimes What's up, Dan? I, I try so hard. MC Dan, that's it. MC Dan, we're gonna get that right. Oh now, now I'm an 80s rapper. No, nobody say <laughs> MC now. That's an 80s rapper. <laughs> 80s name. <laughs> MC, oh, sorry. MC I showed my age. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sorry. I, if I was a if I was a rapper today, I would have my first name be MC something. Yeah. I, I mean, still would. No, I, I would. I would go for MC. I would go for MC just just because you know they they told me MC stands for move the crowd. So I would go for MC. That's right. It does. Yeah. Shout out. To, shout shout out to uh, Eric B. Rock him. Right. Move the crowd. Move the crowd. That's what they told us. Move the crowd. Yeah, but, but I mean, well, so speaking of people who move crowds, um, let's let's talk about uh Samuel Jackson receiving. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's today's show name? What you name it? I named today's show uh Exhale. Exhale. Oh, like X, like X. Okay, Exhale. Okay, exhale. got it. Yes, yes. Like tell, the tell the people like what the, it's like about. The legendary song, um, from Whitney Houston. Exhale, shoot, shoot. That's what everybody else know it as. But it's, it's, it's exhale. Yes. One uh, of my favorite songs to sing at karaoke. One of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we exhaling today because um, Whitney. I mean, I'm my fault. Samuel L. Jackson. You know, received the human. I think it's the humanitarian award. Lifetime achievement. Lifetime achievement award at the Academy at the Oscars. Also known as the Academy, because a lot of people don't, you know. Well, he, you know, some people, some people don't know that the Academy is the Oscars. A lot of people don't know that. Um, that's the same. Thing. Yes, it's the Academy of Motion Pictures, and they do an award, and the award itself is called the Oscar, and so they call the presentation the Oscars. Right. But it's now, an Academy it Award. There's a name that's a certain person, the Oscars, and then that somebody named Oscars. It actually is. It, it was a very interesting story. I actually found it today, but I don't, I don't have it here to share with the people. Okay. But remind me, I'll make sure I post it in our group on Facebook, the Side John J A W N. So if you guys are not a have not joined the group, the Side John, join the group. I will be posting it sometime in the next couple of days where the history of the name Oscar in, in terms of the Academy Award comes from. Okay. 
Good job, yeah, Dennis. We're, we're, we're excelling about a, a about a guy who, like I said, was recognized finally by the Academy of Motion Pictures, um, Samuel L. Jackson, for his Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, one of the highest grossing actors of all time. Um, Samuel L. Jackson got so many movies. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I think the first time I seen Samuel L. Jackson, I, I'm I'm 100% sure that it had to be in Coming to America. <laughs> but the first time I ever paid attention to him was losing Isaiah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was losing Isaiah. Wow. Because it, it, was, it was weird to see the same guy that was robbing people is also an actor in Losing Isaiah. Like, it was like, oh. I mean, also, my fault, uh, uh, a lawyer, not an actor, a lawyer in Losing Isaiah. Well, you know, Coming to America came out in 88. Losing Isaiah didn't come out till 95. Yeah, Losing Isaiah. So you didn't pay attention to him for like seven years. Right. Because <laughs> even when he was in even when he was in Juice, when it was Juice, and you know, I, I missed him in Juice, and it was another movie I missed him in. It okay, was, it, was, it was something else. So you missed him in Juice, and probably Jungle Fever. Did you miss him in Jungle Fever? I ain't never watched Jungle Fever. You haven't seen Jungle Fever when he was when he was Wesley Snipes' brother. No. He came jumping into. Man, you got to see that performance. He was in Goodfellas. Did you see him in Goodfellas? Nope. I ain't seen Goodfellas. What? Nope. You know, I'm starting to learn some things about you in this movie watching thing. Mm -hmm. Did you miss him in Death by Temptation? I ain't see that either. Mo Better Blues? I seen Mo Better Blues, but I ain't. Do this. the Right Thing in School Days? See, I he was in. Right, I he was in the right thing, but again, I didn't pay attention to him to do the right thing the whole time. He was narrating the whole movie, though. But I didn't exactly. pay attention that he was that he was narrating the wake whole up, movie. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! By the time I seen him do the right thing, it was about ninety five. He was Mister Senor Love Daddy. Yeah, my favorite comedian of all time is in Do the Right Thing. But I seen Baby's kids first before I seen do the right thing. Oh, you talking about um Robin, Robin Harris? Harris. Yes, Robin Harris. Robin Harris was funny. He was gone way before his time. Rest in peace, Robin Harris. Man. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's got a lot of movies. You are you're right. I, if he's not the highest grossing actor now, I know there was a period of time he was the highest grossing actor of all time, and when right. it came out. That's when I started calling him the hardest working man in the in the movie business. I specified movie movie business because you know the hardest working man in show business will always be James Brown to me. Always, it's gonna be James Brown forever, no matter who comes along. But I started calling him the hardest working man in the movie business when I found out that he was the highest grossing actor. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Jew don't matter. Christian, Muslim don't matter. He was the hard, highest grossing actor of all time mm -hmm. at one time. I, I think he still is. Um, yeah, I think he might be because I haven't heard a new stat. But you know, so. speaking of new stat, shout out Trisha, Trisha Joy, her show talking about stat, true stat. I, I, she, that real stat, she got to bring that back, man. That, that, that game was dope. 
But anyway, yeah, I wanted to be on that game. Back that to game the man. Me. Back to the man. Back to the man. Of now the you hour. call him the hardest working man in the movie business. Mm-hmm. After a while, <laughs> I start. I start calling him. You know, uh, let me, let me close my ears. Mr. Motherfucker. Because boy, nobody say that motherfucker like Samuel L. Nobody. Did you say it already? Yeah. Can I open it. my ears? Okay. Yeah, you know nobody. me and that word don't get along. But you're right, though. I often say that he could get away with saying that to just about anybody just because of who he is and the way that he says it. And it's like, you just want to hear him say it one time, even if you don't like the word. I don't even like the expression, but... For some reason, when I hear him say it, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what he said. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Let me say uh, shout out to the people out there in the comments. Shout out to BJ Samuels, Brian Bistrilla Arndt. Uh, we got uh, Adam. What's up, Adam? All the way from, I think you back in Cali. Uh, um, Dalton Smith. What's up, my brother? Love me some Dalton Smith. He is a Special Olympics champion and coach. Dalton Smith doing that thing every year. I just, I just love Dalton. What's up, Dalton? And Jay Jones in the comments. He, he said facts, Mister Mother F. Yeah, giving, yeah. giving you a nod there, Dennis. Nobody. Welcome says everybody. Welcome in the comments. I don't know if Sister Sheila is around. Sister Sheila, if you watching, you gotta let your presence be felt in the comments because oh, Brian, Brian it's said. Still uh, April. Brian says Stan Lee is actually the highest grossing actor of all time, but Samuel Jackson is second. Thanks for that, Brian. Um, Brian also said DJ and do the right thing. And Adam said, might want to check the numbers for the rock dude, then boom. I don't know what that means. Maybe we said something about rock. I don't, I don't forgot. I don't know. Oh, the oh, rock. He's talking about he the talking rock. About the rock. Because, you know, because the they, you know, they, yeah, they together in that, you know, they can folk and all. He, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Whatever, right. Adam. Love you. Right. But I don't think it's the rock. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, Stan, is, is Stan Lee an actor? No. He's a creator of movies. Now, he might be the highest grossing producer of movies but we're talking about actors here uh brian oh yeah i know dmx passed away last year this time i know that shout out shout out to dmx i still listen to that last album he got i still listen yeah to re still rest in peace biggie pot nipsey uh dmx he rest in peace to nice. all of them oh really mm. but um let's get to these Top five Samuel L. Jackson movies. I need listen. Let me say this again. I need the top five Samuel L. Jackson movies. All right. My favorites, right? Is that what this you want me to do? This is your top five. That My right. top five. Okay. So as I told you, he's been in so many movies. It's hard for me to choose just five. So I'm gonna go through this list that I have in front of me. That's so freaking long. It's ridiculous. And I'm just going to do the movies. I'm not even going to do television appearances. Just going to do movies, right? And the first movie that he was ever in, excuse me, was Ragtime. But he was an extra. He was like a, like a rag. He was gang member number two, right? So it, that was insignificant. And I do remember him in that movie, but that's not my favorite. My 
top five of seeing him in is coming to America, doing the right thing. Okay, that's two. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm scrolling while I'm naming you because I did not write these down before. Um, mm, no, I don't want to do Minister Society because it was so short. Because all he did was kill somebody. That, that really wasn't good. He was great in Pulp Fiction, whether you like the movie or not. He really was good in that movie. So I'm going to say that would be three. I'm going to give him a nod for Die Hard with a Vengeance just because of you. Just because of you. But the negotiator, I think the negotiator might be my favorite out of all of them, to be honest with you. So I, I'm going to give the negotiator number five. All right, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Triple X. I'm definitely going to have to go with losing Isaiah. Um, Chef. Oh, shoot. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I forgot Coach Carter. Yeah, I, so, that's, one, that's another one. I'm sorry. Carter. I'm sorry. I forgot Coach Carter. So yeah. I'm going to take off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt your your, mo your move, your, your vibe. I'm sorry, but I misspoke. I forgot Coach Carter. So I'm going to take off Pulp Fiction and put Coach Carter on there. Go ahead. Man, uh, my last one is Die Hard with Avengers. So name your five again. I'm sorry. I forgot. Losing Isaiah, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Triple X, Coach Carter. And who else did I say? Die Hard with a Vengeance, Coach Carter, Triple X, Losing Isaiah, Shaft. And Shaft. Okay. The bad cool. That's a good list. That's a good list. That's a good list. I'm going to write your list down. We're going to post this. I'm going to post this in the group. The group is what's the name of our group again? Side jump. Merch. And, the merch coming soon, baby. The merch is coming soon. Hey, and what do the what do the people need to do with the group, Dennis? They need to make sure that they go like and subscribe to the group. And while you at it, like and subscribe to the Ignite Thinker Podcast. Because we here, baby. We're here, baby. <laughs> we here. Now the crazy thing is, speaking of uh die hard with a vengeance. You know, because we're we're both Die Hard fans. You you love Die Hard too. I love Die Hard three. You know, uh, Bruce Willis, Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. You know, my guy. <laughs> you gotta warn me, man, and get to close <laughs> my ears first. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Why you keep calling me Jesus? I ain't no Puerto Rican. It's Zeus." <laughs> He was like, the guy back there called you Jesus. I ain't no Puerto Rican. It's Zeus. Lord have mercy. He was funny, but I'm die, just Die Hard 2 is just my favorite one of all of them. It's just Man. Die Man, Hard 2 is my just... is my favorite movie all time. Just movie. I don't care. It's my favorite movie. And I'll explain that some other time why, but it, it really is my favorite movie, period. But go ahead. Um Bruce Willis, on the other hand, uh, was talking about his illness and how he's going through dementia. And, um, you know, it's, it's a sad thing because Bruce Willis also has done a lot of movies. And, you know, I, I really wanted to see uh, him and Samuel L. Jackson do one more 
besides the, uh, I think the last one they did was Glass. That's the yeah. last one they did together, I think it was Glass. I wanted them to do one more together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruce Willis is, um, yeah, you're right. Just like Samuel L., he's, had a, he's been in a lot of amazing movies. And, you know, he's strong. He's funny. I remember him all the way back to Moonlighting, the TV show that he mm-hmm. was on. And that's how he really got known was through Moonlighting. And um, uh, just to talk about the announcement, his family is who announced it. They announced it from one of their social media pages, I believe, is when it first came out that um, Bruce Willis is, is retiring from uh, the acting profession. He was diagnosed with aphasia, which is a language disorder caused by brain damage that affects a person's ability to communicate. And uh, the family, they posted this on social media. Um, And here's the quote, to Bruce's amazing supporters, as a family, we wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia which is impacting his cognitive abilities, the statement reads. As a result of this and with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. This is really, this is a really challenging time for our family and we are so appreciative of your continued support. I'm sorry, love, compassion and support. We are moving through this as a strong family unit and wanted to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you as you do to him. As Bruce always says, live it up and together we plan to do just that. And they posted it, this is what was so touching too, is they posted it with a picture of all of them, including his ex-wife Demi Moore in the picture. Cause you know, he's remarried and I just love it. I, I love it. So, and you're right. His last movie, his, his first start was in Moonlighting. His last movie was Glass. And um, in this post from Variety, they posted in photos his whole career from moonlighting to glass. So it's a good thing to read if, or, or see if you want to go to their the Variety website and look at the article. Um, yeah, I think his um, first movie was The Verdict. Did you ever see The Verdict? Nope. The Verdict starred... Paul Newman. That's Paul Newman. Paul. I think it's Paul. It's either Paul Newman or Al Pacino. Which one was it? If Sheila's in the comments, she can comment. I'm sure she removed. I haven't seen her in the comment, and she's about to make me mad because she's not in there. Yeah, I can't tag her. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we Facebook friends or not. I can't tell. Well, you. I already sent her the link, so she needs to be in the comments. You know, yeah. aside Jones show without Sheila making the comment is just kind of making oh, you get got, out of sync. Got time with, with Sean in the building, though. Oh my goodness! What's up, Sean? Welcome, Sean. Time with Sean in the house. Yeah, but uh, all right. What was the first movie I seen Bruce Willis? Probably was Die Hard. To be honest with you. Probably was Die yeah. Hard. Um, well, what about um Last Boy Scout? No. You never saw The Last Boy Scout? No. I might have seen it, but no. I, Come on, Dennis. Not, I'm not ringing a bell. The Last Boy Scout with him and Damon Wayans? Him oh, no, and Damon Wayans. I did see that. I did see that. I yeah. See 
The last book, man. The last. But that wasn't. That, that, that ain't memorable. No. What? It became a cult. It has a cult following. I'll put it that way. It wasn't gonna win an Academy Award or a break box box office, but it's a very good movie, and I love it. Plus, it's got Holly Berry in it. Who don't want to see yes. Holly, even though she, even though she dies in it? Um, what's another one? I think what's another what's another Bruce Willis movie that I fell in love with besides the Die Hard movies? All right, so he was in the Die Hard movies. Look who's talking. Yeah, Look who's talking. See those? Those were good. Um, the last boycott. See, Die Hard Two came out in 1990. The last boycott. I'm sorry. The last Boy Scout came out in 91. He was in Pulp Fiction in 94. So I mean, this is really something. How he and Samuel L. were both in Pulp Fiction, and we're talking about both of them today. Yeah, they um, uh, uh what's the what's the guy name? The 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 director. I think it's M. Night Shyamalan. I, don't, I know I'm butchering his name right now, but I, I think it's M. I think it's M. Night Shyamalan. I, I think I'm saying it right. I, I don't know, but he does a lot of movies in Pennsylvania. So he oh actually, yeah, so he was in the Sixth Sense. The Sixth, Sixth Sense, Sense, right? And yeah. he was in uh, was it Thirteen Monkeys? Thirteen Monkeys. Yeah. In the thirteen, um, I think it's thirteen other monkeys. <laughs> it was thirteen because I think that's what him and Brad. Twelve Pitt. monkeys. It was twelve monkeys. Twelve, twelve monkeys. monkeys. Him and Brad Pitt was in that. I've never seen Twelve Monkeys. Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't see the Fifth Element or the Jackal. No, I did see the Jackal. I seen the Fifth Element. But the sixth cent, I watched that movie until he went to the school with the little boy. Yeah, the sixth cent was cool. And the people, the dead people, and he was talking about he see dead people, and the dead people were. I turned. I promptly turned it off and went to went somewhere and do something else. I couldn't watch it, so I have not seen all of the sixth cents. He was in the whole nine yards. That, that was a comedy. That was that football comedy. Um, uh, let me see. Tears of the Sun. He was a lieutenant in Tears of the Sun. That was a good movie. Right. He was in the Charlie's Angel Full Throttle, which was the second one, but he played a small role. and He wasn't even accredited for his role in it. He was in Ocean's 12. He just did a cameo appearance in that. 16 Blocks. Did you see 16, 16 Blocks? No. Good movie. Underrated. Um The Hip Hop Project. You need to go watch that. Okay, I will. Um, he also was an executive producer of that film. It's a it's interesting. I want you to watch it though and tell me what you think about it. So of course he was in, of course, live free or die hard. He was John McClain himself again. Yeah, John McClain. Yeah, yeah. That's John McClain. That was the fourth one. That was uh, a good. One. That was actually a good one. Uh, he was in uh, the Expendables and Expendables Two. Yeah, he got like a cameo in that. He got a cameo in Split too. When I went to go see Split, 
He was in Split. He got a cameo in Split too. Uh, Armageddon was a go. Oh shit! What you call him? Just said that. At least just said Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glass, of course. And yeah. now uh, let me see. That was his last night. He did a lot of direct-to-video movies over the past two years, three years. Yeah, because I think that Red was straight to DVD or something. No, Red was uh uh-uh. uh. Red was not. Red was not straight to DVD. The first well, maybe it, maybe it was, but I don't remember it going straight to I saw it. And I thought I saw it on um at the theater. At the theater. He was at the theater. Theater. The theater. Yeah, the theater. The theater. Probably at the Magic Johnson Theater too. I'm just kidding. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Red. I saw Red. I didn't see the second Red. He didn't do Passion of Christ. Passion of Christ was uh, the guy from uh, Lethal Weapon. Um, I can't remember. Nobody named it that. Mel Gibson. And you you, you you usually remember everybody's name. What's up with you? Nobody named it that. Yeah, Lucky. He did Lucky Numbers. Samuel's got some breaking news. Oh Lord, what's the Dwayne breaking news? Dwayne Haskins died. Damn, Dwayne Haskins died. Uh, he died this morning after he got hit by a car in South Florida. <gasps> what? Wow, that's crazy. Oh no, that's. I'm sorry. That, that is- what? Damn, man, I definitely praying for his family. I didn't think that's crazy. Wait a minute. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, the one that's the quarterback for your team. Yeah, quarterback for your team, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he was drafted in the uh, 2019. 2019. Yeah, he was the number. Uh, I think it was the number 14 pick. He was drafted by the, the Washington Redskins at the time. They're now called the uh, Comm- I mean, the Commanders, the Commodores. Uh, yeah, Rashawn said these car accidents are way too frequent. That's crazy because I, I think that's how Jerome Bennis died. He got hit by a car as well. But Jerome Bennis was on a motorcycle. Wait a minute, y'all. This is Dwayne Haskins. Like that is that is crazy. That he passed away. That is some breaking news. BJ Samuels, thanks for that breaking news also. <laughs> I don't forgot where I was at. Crossing oh, my God. Brian. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm praying for his family. Um, Stuart, I'm sure the Steelers organization will release a statement. 
um, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get to see what he was going to be. Man, he would have been. Uh, he's not even 25, y'all. No, he's not. <sighs> okay. Um. Yeah. So maybe we'll. I'll. I'll try to. Um. I'll try to put something together on the group page about them. Okay. Um, sometime this this weekend, I'll try to get something together. I'm really trying to work on my video uh, editing skills, and um, I've been practicing on some things, so I'll try to do that. Mm. <sighs> my goodness. Um, yeah so can we um i think we, we're gonna move on to these top five bruce willis movies we did we did samuel l jackson and now we can do um bruce, bruce willis. willis bruce willis top five i need, to, I need top that top five, five bruce willis movies please put them in the comments your top five bruce willis movies so i guess, um, I guess we can't say because uh, i think three of mine is Die die. Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think three of mine is die hard, so I don't think I can just say that. Um, so, um, for me, um, so my number one would be Die Hard 2. My second favorite would probably be Die Hard 1, the first one. My third one would be the last Boy Scout. I just really love his lines in that movie and um, him with the the way that he handles himself in a diehard fashion in that movie, within the context of that movie was great. I liked him with Damon Wayans. If you've never seen it, to me, Damon shows he can really act for real even though it's an action film so it's not like he's doing macbeth but he's shows he can really follow cues and he can work you know as an actor and not just a comedian i liked him and look who's talking um i would say that's my number four and then I'm going to pick because we're not doing TV shows, but he was he was incredible in Moonlighting, but we're not doing uh, TV shows. So I'm going to say I really liked Armageddon. I liked him in Armageddon. Um, didn't like that movie mm. did you see him in, in gi joe 
No. Yeah, I saw him in that. I saw him in Vice. That went to video, but I did see that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Armageddon. Yeah, because I think I liked Armageddon better than I did the other Die Hard. Okay, all right. Besides the first two, so I'm gonna go with Armageddon. And your top five? My top five, uh, Die Hard three will be the first one. Uh, that's Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then the uh, everybody's favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard. The first one, even though people say it's not a Christmas movie, <laughs> but it is. So um, I think after that, I will go uh, look who's talking. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I'm, I need another one. No, I need two more. So Live Free, Die Hard would be a good one for me, too, because I... I just like seeing the older version and I'm actually trying to make things happen. Mm -hmm. And I might go cop out. Him and Tracy Morgan together was pretty cool. I'm gonna go cop out. It was all right. Yeah, I'm gonna go cop out. I think if you got an action a, a action actor. No, no, you know what? I'm going unbreakable. I'm going unbreakable. Unbreakable? Okay. I'm going unbreakable. But I think if you got an action hero to put in a comedy, he was one of the best to put in there because his his comedic timing timing is is just brilliant. Yeah, especially when he uh when he upset, like when he's upset and die hard, I'd be cracking up. Like, why don't we get together, have a few drinks, be in a bar? Yeah. Yeah. Live free, die hard. Isn't that the fourth one? It's the fourth one. That's the one when uh the guy tried to take over the whole government from his laptop. Yeah. You know that one slept on. I, I like that one too. That was in 2007. It was called a fire yeah. sale. That's the first time I ever I ever heard or seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really sad um, that, you know, that, that he had to retire. Just want to say a minute, just take a minute to talk about this aphasia, which is a form of dementia. Dementia is um, Alzheimer is Heimer, Alzheimer's is a form of dementia as well. When you start studying dementia, you learn there are so many different forms of dementia. It's not just dementia. There's so many different types. My father had Alzheimer's. My beautiful father. Here's my picture of my father. On the left, this was this was his picture when he graduated from college. And this one was in the late, I want to say 90s, early 2000s. And my father had a brilliant mind. He was like a mathematic genius, very quick, very smart, very detailed oriented. I guess that's where I get it from. He's very analytical about certain things. And dementia robs you of the person's, not only just their cognitive behavior, but 
their personality actually changes. It's to see it happen before your eyes. While it's amazing, it's amazing and not in a good way. It's amazing because it really demonstrates how your brain controls every aspect of your entire being, right? To the point where you physically even start appearing differently. You don't look the same. And it's almost like you can tell it. For instance, have you seen the documentary yet on Title IX? No. It's a documentary that appears on TBS. TB, the network TBS has a documentary created and produced by Candace Parker and someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's called Title IX. Title IX, then it's colon, then it says something else. Oh, it's like 37 words or something like that that changed America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. They was uh, not. Let me tell you, that is a good documentary to watch. If you haven't seen it, I'll try to get a link to the information and put it in the chat here for the show. But in that, she did a section, of course, on Pat. Um, oh gosh, forgot her name now. Pat, Pat Summit. Summit. Pat Summit. Summit. Yes, who used to be the ten- great Tennessee women's basketball coach, greatest of all time, who had to leave coaching because she was diagnosed with early onset dementia. And when they showed pictures of her after she retired, right before she died, she looked totally different. I mean, you knew it was her, but she appeared differently. It changes your personality, your appearance. It's really interesting. It's an interesting disease, but it's an awful one. And it just broke my heart when I heard this. I I literally cried because I was thinking about my father and I know what his his family is going to end up going through. Luckily for my father, it was early onset. It was caught early. So because of a very good doctor, he began taking a treatment regimen that slowed it down so greatly. He was able to live. We were able to have him at least 15 more years after his diagnosis. It may have been 20. But usually after the diagnosis, you're you're gone within four to five years, probably four, more like four. They're usually gone. And that's what happened with Pat. She just she was gone. And it just breaks my heart because he's a treasure to me. He's like one of those acting treasures, a national treasure, you know, they say. Yeah. So. I'm keeping them in my prayers. And yeah. he will be missed from the acting scene. Yes, he will. Mm-hmm. But now, um, I want I want to say uh, my great grandmother was diagnosed with it, and she lived another twelve to fifteen years after she was diagnosed. So um, I think she passed. It was two thousand four when she passed away, and then um, her son, which is my uncle my great uncle, he ended up having it five years later. 
and it was like it was real weird because you know me and me and my grandpa we was we were sitting there we was talking to him and then you know he was going in and out and to the point he could barely walk we had to help him to the car and you know after me and my grandpa helped him to the car I mean we looked at each other we was like I don't I don't think he's gonna Uncle Victor ain't gonna make it uh, this is basically, basically what we were saying Uncle Victor ain't gonna make it next week <laughs> he come back in his Jaguar driving the car back to regular old Uncle Victor. Me and my grandpa was just like, what the, whoa, who the, mm-hmm. who's this guy? Like, right. That, that's the way, that's the way it goes. Like, it, it, it comes and goes. And um, his wife sat down and talked to us and she was saying, you know, you can tell the days that it's actually gone because he'll sit up there and look at the pictures of his mom and, you know, uh, family and he'll start to cry. And then he'll mm-hmm. ask questions because he don't know where he is and what's going on. And now he got diagnosed, I want to say five years, like I said, five years after my grandmother died, and he ended up dying like three to four years later. Yeah. And his his didn't last long. Yeah, it 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 generally takes you out quickly. Um, but like I said, we were able to have our father, you know, that it's, it was like a long goodbye, you know. Still wasn't easy. You know, I've talked to you many times about my father and how it's still hard for me to even talk about or think about. But we had him for some good years, though. Now, um, since you did the full study on right? Mm -hmm. I read a lot. I was wondering, is it hereditary? That's a question that they have not answered yet. So what they recommend is for people, if you have anyone within two steps of you, so that's grandparents to you that has it, you need to make sure early on you do cognitive behavior exercises, like test your memory a lot, do a lot of uh, search a word, Sudoku, puzzles. They even have games you can do on your phone that's really good for your brain to keep your brain functioning, um, do it, read a lot, read everything, stay away from canned food, eat as few, eat and drink out of cans as less as possible. Wow. Somehow there is a, there may be some connection with aluminum in your system, they say. See, it's still, this it's still being researched. But I know when when I was researching, that's what stopped me from eating so much canned stuff. That's what it was. It wasn't the sodium because I can control that. I do well with my with my cholesterol level, so in my heart it's good. So I'm not worried about sodium. But when I saw that, it made me really rethink of how you know my grocery list. Mm-hmm. They want you to eat a lot of things that's good for brain development drink eat turmeric some other things i can't it escapes me because i didn't realize i was going to talk about this today but it escapes me the list of things they say to do for your brain health if you know about it put it in the comments please and we'll mention it but um yeah i i um know turmeric is one of them so every morning when i drink my tea i put ginger and a little turmeric in it turmeric doesn't taste great in a lot of stuff that's why you don't you don't you don't dump a whole lot in it, <laughs> but it's a little turmeric in your tea in the morning. 
if you're a person that eats smooth, makes yourself those health smoothies in the morning, put a little turmeric in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and um, that's what I do. Okay. I don't know. Um, I know I'm crazy, but I, I'm I'm railing against this as much as possible. So I do play a blue, lot of blueberries. 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 Well. Okay. Yeah, I think I may have heard that. But let me. Yeah, let me read some of these comments because these comments are very interesting. After the Dwayne Haskin one. Um, he said, uh, well, Carlson was like, Die Hard 1 was for sure a Christmas movie. Thank you very much. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. Brian also said, my aunt just passed away from dementia. I'm so sorry to hear that, Brian. Um, OG, mom, my mom has dementia. Very sad, tough subject to even chat about it. Yes, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, Elise, hey Elise, my grandmother who just passed earlier this year had dementia, very heartbreaking. Yes, ma'am. Um, sorry for your loss, Elise. Thank God for my mom. She took full care of her for 12 years, quit her job because taking care is a full-time job. It really is. My sister and I know about that. Um, Brian said my uncle struggled for seven years with my aunt while she deteriorated right before his eyes. Yes. It, it happens. And um, OG said the blueberries for the mental health and diet is very important in everything we do is what Brian said. Absolutely, absolutely is very important. Diet as in not a weight loss diet, diet as in what you feed your body, period. That diet. <laughs> yes, it is very important in everything we do. But for brain health especially, they're saying that there's a connection with some things we eat. So I'm railing against it, Dennis. I'm telling you, um, I know the people, some people out there don't know how old I am. I know you do, you know the truth. <laughs> and at my age, I do everything I can to um, use this old brain every single day, reading, getting, making sure my brain is constantly stimulated that's the thing you don't want to just sit there and vegetate keep it active that's the best thing anyone can do to rail against it that's what i've read yeah that's definitely good man. what you doing uh, right <laughs> now i'm trying to actually get this thing together um for our next segment, but uh, yeah, I, I was thinking that it was hereditary, so I was like, you know, I'm like, it came through two generations in my in my family, so I was thinking it was coming to the next generation. So I was really looking out for my my mom, my aunt, my uncle. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the next generation. And, you know, they all in their fifties, so I was, you know, just just looking out, just trying to make sure they don't go through the same thing because I think it hit around sixty for my own. Mm hmm. So that was that was about all I was looking out for. But now that you gave me those ways and uh, things to look out for, I definitely, you know, ask them questions and check their memory from time to time. Oh, yeah. And do that too. engage with them. Engaging with them helps them, too. Right. It helps slow the process. What what happens with a lot of people is they're in isolation. So they just, they just waste away quickly 
Um, but some of it, no matter how much stimulation you get, by the time you diagnose, you're just you're just gone. Your life is shortened. And that's just the way it is. It's like I said, it's a cruel. It's it, the only thing that's crueler to me is ALS. If you've ever seen anyone with ALS, that's one of the most cruelest things that ever happened. But this dementia thing is is something too. Um, it can change a person's personality, sometimes for the worse, sometimes for the better, though. You just never know. It depends on how they were before. But um, I will say my my father was a was a delightful person. Um, except for he would he would get angry, little fits of anger sometimes, but he he never got violent or anything like that. That happens to, to some people, but it didn't happen with us. And um, but it was still hard. Yeah, it definitely is hard. It I gets, know definitely, you know, for y'all being, you know, direct children to it, it had to be hard because, you, you know, they don't even know who you are. That's mm -hmm. your mom and dad right there. Like, that That had to be hard. Now, I, like I said, I hope I don't have to go through it, but I, it's not one of them things that, you know, somebody told me, I, okay, I could kind of see this coming. It went through the family. So I, I will say the, the good thing about having him so long uh, after the diagnosis, the good part of that was he knew who we were until the last, I would say he started not always knowing us like the last four months of his life. Okay. So he knew who we were until like that last, that last four to six months was kind of shaky with some people. Um, and at the very end, of course, but he, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. He knew who I was until the end. I'll just say that. That's right. And that that meant something to me. That he knew who I was. He knew me. He called me my nickname. That means he really knew who I was until the end. Nickname that he gave me. That only he called me. Nobody else ever called me that name. So it's a very um, elusive disease. They don't really understand it fully. But the Alzheimer's Association is there. Their website has a lot of good information, you guys. Um, along with other things, October, I believe it is. It's either October or November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. I believe it's October, which is the same as Breast Cancer Month which is amazing to me but anyway if donate that's all i can tell you just donate for the research dollar two dollars five dollars it, it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be a lot of money um and i will say this as an african-american it hits a is it hits our community harder um largely because of the lack of resources and information and for some reason, when it hits our community harder, it's harder for us to handle and manage because of that. Please do your research on it. And um, unfortunately, I believe it doesn't get funded as much because of the community it affects the most. That sickle cell anemia and lupus are going through the same issues. Alzheimer's, sickle cell anemia, lupus. Uh, Brian said that June 
is Dementia Awareness Month. Oh, is it June? Okay. And he said, you don't look old at all, chocolate. <laughs> B-E-A-Utiful. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I'm older than you think. I could be Dennis's mama. <laughs> you could. I could. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> um, let's get into this. Let's get into this uh, sports that is actually the reason that we actually got to know each other and came together. You know, so we we try to give you sports at least once a month. You know, not too much because we got Talk to Wish Tuesday, but at least once a month we try to give you our perspective on sports and let you know where the side Jones coming from. Um, I want to give a shout out to the plug. Donovan Samuels, a.k.a. Maurice Samuels. Uh, keep doing your thing out there, man. Um, and, you know, I'm praying for you every day. I definitely want to say that. Um, yes, we love Donovan on this on these parts over here. Yeah, That's our man. Yeah. That's our man right there. That's our man. Yeah. <laughs> but for this segment right here, I'm about to piss him off. Let's talk about <laughs> those L.A. fakers. In the NBA, let's talk, well, let's talk about this NBA as well. You know, it's NBA playoff time as of Sunday. This Sunday that's coming up, which is tomorrow. That'll be the last, that'll be the last day of the NBA uh, regular season. The playoffs will be here. So, you know, we're going to talk about who's in and who's not. I guess that's why I got my purple hoodie on. I got to support, you know, the, the, the L.A. Fakers, you know, because they couldn't make it, um, which is your team. So I, I'll let you elaborate on how you feel. Tell them how I'm disappointed, but I predicted it. Yeah. I don't, you know, shout out to shout out to King Czar. King Czar love to tell you when he got something right. Yes. Every time. I, t- I said it. I said it. I told you, I said it. He loves to do that, right? I do too, though. So yeah. we kind of laugh. We laugh. We laugh about it. But you know what? I know why he likes to do it because when you give your prediction, it's a guess, right? It's a guess. You don't know what's going to happen. But there are some times when I look at the tea leaves and it's so clear to me how in the world can you not see this coming? This is one of those times. Shout out to Trisha Joy, 2MW. I I say this almost every show. Shout out to her for some reason. Well, here's my moment. Because I was on a show called Out of Your League with her. And when, when it was first being rumored that LeBron would go to the Lakers. Mm. And I remember us doing our show. Because she, she was so happy to do the show. Because... You know, me and the Lakers, I love the Lakers like I love everything, right? I love them like I love the Steelers. Love them. And I'm like, uh, she she was so excited to do that, to do shows about it because she knew how I felt about it behind the scenes. And so she got it on the show and we on there and we talking. I give my take and people are just like, what? You should have seen the wall just blew up. Mm. Sharon don't know what she's talking about. She being emotional, you know, she emotional female. She don't know basketball. She this, she that. 
they ripped me apart. You just a LeBron hater. You a LeBron hater. You a LeBron. That's all I heard. I'm not a LeBron hater. See, they don't know me. I hail from Ohio. That's my brother. You know what I'm saying? He a bu he's a Buckeye like I am. He's born in Akron. I'm born in Dayton. I followed his career since he was in the eighth grade. Not high school, eighth grade. When people were talking about this eighth grader dunking on high school seniors and college freshmen. So this is how I heard who he was. Same dude, LeBron. People were calling him LeBron and all kinds because they were messing up his name. LeBron. Somebody called him LeBron. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Right. So to make this to, to 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 move this along some, I told everyone, I do not want LeBron to come to the Lakers just to get a quick ring. They thought I was crazy. Why? You should always want your team to get a ring. Of course you want your team to get a ring. But we're the Lakers. We don't just get a ring. We get rings, y'all. We have a history and a legacy of winning. We have a culture and an expectation of winning. That's what needed to be returned. Jeannie Buss's brother, whose name always escapes me. I never can get his name right because I couldn't stand that dude. Had just about obliterated our reputation with his decisions before she took over the organization, right? And so I had to deal with years of watching Kobe trying to continue to elevate this team. And he kept not being given the talent around him, around him that he needed. He finally got the talent, won a couple of chips, got injured, started getting injured, but the talent that was around him wasn't enough to carry the team. And then when he came back, the talent around him was not enough to win, they could just maintain. That was it. And of course, you know, injuries had, had ravished him. So he was a shell of himself when he came back. He was still great Kobe Bryant, still had that mama mentality, but his body was failing him. So during those years, everybody wants to point to those years now. People who love, Le who are stands of LeBron, not just love LeBron, stands. And everybody who knows sports knows what a stand is. Amen. Yeah, it's just four years, four years, one ring. Yeah, but um, yeah, you're right. You're right, Dennis. But here's the thing. I did not want LeBron to come to my Lakers team because I predicted that he was going to come to the team, obliterated, bring in people he wants to fit his style of play just for him so he can be great and lead them to maybe one ring. I said that. I said he might get one ring out of it. He will not get more than one. I said this. And I said, and this is, is to me, as a Laker, true Laker fan, it's not worth having him there. It's not worth the ticket sales to me. It's not worth the hype. It's not worth the, the, the destruction of the other players and their lack of development that they're going to get. I said, these young players that we've watched for the last two or three years, two or three, were being brought in and organically developed. 
that's how you best win in an organization because then you win titles, not just a title. You win multiple, not just one or two. Because to me, winning two ain't that much better. But when you start winning three and four and five with one that one player is involved in, that's when you can say you're legendary. That's what I say. So I didn't want him to come because I was watching these young players. I was watching, I was watching uh, Randall. I was watching B.I. who just came in. I was watching Lonzo Ball that just came in. I was watching uh, Kuzma who just came in. Oh, they were trash. No, they weren't. You're only saying that they were trash because you wanted LeBron to come because they weren't LeBron. They weren't supposed to be LeBron. They just got into the freaking league, y'all. But they definitely, uh, they just definitely needed a different coach. And then if you look at their stats, each year that they were, that they joined the team and and played, joined the team and played, even through injuries, everybody wants to talk about Lonzo Ball's injuries. Even with injuries, if you watched how they were growing and developing, every year they got a little bit better. That's how you grow and develop. Ask Pat Riley. He knows all about it. I follow Pat. I knew what I was seeing. That's why I was excited. I give anything to go back to 2019 and do things differently. Because by now, we would have won. We probably would have won our first one with those young people last season, this past season, or this season. It would have been either 21 or in 22, well, the 2021 season or the 21 22 season. Those cats would have won by now in the direction that they were going. Now, everybody's like, oh, projection. You don't know. You don't know. No, I don't know. But I, one thing I do know is our team ain't won crap last year or this one. And the reason sits solely at the feet of LeBron James. I don't care what nobody says. You can blame it on Vogel. Oh, he wasn't. No, he wasn't the right coach for this team. Not a team with LeBron on it. Because, see, Vogel wants to actually coach a team. He was coaching in Indiana. I can't stand Indiana, right? Didn't know who Vogel was. But then I went back and read and watched tape and read articles on this man. He's not a dumb coach. He's a thinking coach too. And he also believes in fundamentals of basketball. That's two things right there. Thinking, fundamentals. If you can't get past those two things, you're not winning. Ask Steve Kerr. You got to think and you got to go through the fundamentals. So what, what, I'm, what I'm saying, folks, is as a Laker fan, I am disappointed but I'm not surprised. That's two different things because this is exactly how I predicted it. I prayed that I would be wrong, but I'm not. I'm angry as hell. I am so angry because once again, you have an organization acquiescing to this one guy who everybody just worships like he really is a freaking king. And he's not. 
I'm speaking as a LeBron fan. But I'm only going to say what he is, and I'm going to say what he ain't. And what he ain't is Michael Jordan. He ain't the GOAT. So that's it. That's my chocolate girl moment on the side, Joan, this morning. Uh, they were they were asking. I got to ask make sure you. you no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay there for Tuesday. Make sure you, make sure you TikTok all of that. That's a lot. The, the TikTok ain't even that much time. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You ain't got to TikTok it. You can do it. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to say, uh, you know, I did expect the Lakers to make the playoffs. I'm going to say that. Um, who else was the team? I, I was surprised to see the New Orleans Pelicans that actually got in. You know, I they, told you. I told y'all <laughs> months ago when they did not keep Rondo. When they didn't keep, I told you they weren't going to make the playoffs. I told you. They don't told, have two. They didn't have three people. They didn't have Rondo. Cool. They didn't have a shooter who can, another shooter who can really shoot well all the time. And they did not, they let all their big men go to guard the middle. Done. They're not making it. Yeah. But go ahead. I, uh, I told Guru that at the beginning of the season. I said mm-hmm. one of the hardest things that they're gonna have on the Lakers is who's gonna be the primary ball. That's what I told him. I said that's that's gonna be the hardest problem. And when they let, like you said, when they let Rondo go, that was because he was he was the perfect ball handler because um he don't have turnovers. He don't turn the ball. Over. They should have moved mountains to pay him whatever the hell he wanted. They could have. They, they could have. They're not going to. But they could have. They could have. And they should have, but they didn't. But you know why? Because their president of basketball operations is Rob Polinka, who doesn't know what he's doing, never knew what he was doing. The only good decisions he made, he made while Kobe was alive because Kobe was advising him. And Kobe died, and since then, he's done nothing right. Next. All right, let's go to another team, shall we? <laughs> uh, uh, another disappointing team, the New York Knickerbockers. I think last season they were in fourth spot. They were in the fourth, the fourth seed last year. This year mm-hmm. they ain't making the playoffs. You know that's very disappointing. And it's kind of mm-hmm. you know looking bad for Tom Thibodeau because it's kind of like, all right, what is it that you're doing that your players can't rally around you and, and give you a, a better a win? That's I, I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like if you like, he actually needs a superstar around him. For his players to actually, you know, come and give him wins. If he has no superstar on the team, it's not going to work. It has to be a so you're saying it has to be a superstar. Star level is not enough. Not enough. It has to be a superstar. Who, who, who's one without a superstar? Nobody. Thank you. So why is Thibodeau always picked on? Well, he's picked on now because he had that same team last year and it was in fourth spot. Yes. Now they're not even making the playoffs. They moved, they moved some pieces. Didn't they move some pieces? Were the, were during, the pieces during the trade, that... During the trade deadline, they did question. move somebody. Here's my question. Before the start of the season, didn't the, didn't the uh, Knicks move some pieces? And my second, my follow-up question to that is, were those pieces even remotely significant or were they all insignificant pieces? 
Because I don't know enough about them to say. That's why I'm asking. To I see don't if you think that they were significant. I think the only significant piece that was missing um, because of injury was Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. And now Derrick Rose came off the bench, but off the bench he was giving you 25 points a game off the bench. Last season. Last season. This season. Now this season, how has he been this season? Because I'm I'm hearing that they're gonna let him go or something. Probably so, but he was injured. So here's what the players all said about Derrick Rose after last season. Okay. They said that he was one of the main reasons why they played so well as a team. Because of the leadership and guidance of Derrick Rose. They all said it. One thing you have to learn as an organization, it's not all about ticket sales and stats that you keep a player. Sometimes you got to go in the hole and pay somebody for something less than stat line. Again, ask Pat Riley why Udonis Haslam is still on the roster of the Miami Heat. Go ask him if you don't think I know what I'm talking about. Because they get very little production after that off that dude. They put him in a couple of games sometimes just so they can say that he has any minutes on their thing. Yeah. But he for the most part, great. his role is to take care of his teammates. That's his role. And let me tell you, it has worked. The man acts like he acts like he's doing the like he acts like a peace treaty. If people, if, if some of the players are getting are getting out of line, it's Udonis Haslam that straightens them out. Be it calling a meeting, go go kick it, kick back, and eat some wings, and have some drinks, and talk about it, or whatever. And I envision that that's what Derrick Rose kind of is for the Knicks. So, and I don't know, listen, people, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I have not dug into what has happened with the Knicks this season. I'm disappointed because I am rooting for three players on that team, at least. And I'm going to add Derek Rose. So I'm going to say, I, I'm, I'm rooting for four players on that team. I'm rooting for RJ Barrett. You know how I feel about him. Because when coming out of college, I felt like he was better than Ja Morant coming out of college. That's how I felt. I felt I did coming out of college. I said, your, I felt like RJ Barrett was the best one in that draft over Ja Morant and Zion Williamson. I felt RJ should have been first. That's how I felt. I felt Ja should have been second and Zion should have been third. That was my order. So I'm pulling for R.J. Barrett. I'm pulling for Obi Toppin because he came out of the University of Dayton, and I just love his style. I love his style of play. I love his energy and his take no prisoners attitude. I love him. I'm pulling for Obi Toppin, young buck, to, to keep growing and developing. He needs to make better basketball decisions, make sure he always maintains control and not let his emotions carry him and cause him to make mistakes. So it's focus that he needs. 
He's got the ability to have those skills. Third player. Well, you know, it's Julius Randle. I want him to become the leader he wants to be. Right? But he can't all, he makes missteps. He's better at playing the game of basketball than he even believes he is. But until he believes it fully and embraces it, he's not going to achieve it. I believe he gets in his own way. I don't know that to be true. It's just what I believe. And, and the fourth he, uh, player is Derrick Rose because he is the Derrick Rose that I've been loving ever since Memphis. I'm pulling for that brother. So because of those four players, because I don't like the Knicks as an organization. I have a history of hating that team. Hmm. Shout out to Doug, Mayor Doug Phoenix, Phoenix, because you're always talking about what chocolate can't stand. That's another one, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. But I love those four players and I'm rooting for them. And I was rooting for them this season. So they disappointed me. I don't know why. I don't know what happened there, but I will not say it's just because of Thibodeau. Because I've always felt that Thibodeau has gotten a bad rap. He was given a bad rap at the beginning because the players were soft and he was too hard on them and they was whining. They were whining about being made to practice hard and duh. And and ever since then, I've been a fan of Thibodeau and like, forget y'all, F y'all, F them kids, FTW, FTK, that's it, FTK. That's how I felt about it. So I'm not, I'm not ready to say this is on Thibodeau. Something else happened there. Not ready to say that. I believe I believe that Thibodeau is a championship level winning coach. That's what I believe. He hasn't done it yet, but hey, it's the first time for everything. Uh, but you know what? Um, okay, I believe that about Frank Vogel before he got with the Lakers. So, uh, all right. yeah, you you. In fact, yes, I'm glad you said that. You were the one that had to tell me about Frank Vogel because remember I said to you, I don't even know who this is, who they are, and you are the one who had to tell me. Man, Frank Frank Vogel. Who Frank Vogel uh, is. <laughs> That's definitely my guy. I, I, I've seen him because it was crazy because um, I forgot the guy's name, but I, Danny Granger. Danny Granger got injured, and that's when Paul George came in, and you know that team just kept rolling. And you know they they had the bigs there, Roy Herbert and uh, uh, West David West, and it was supposed Danny Granger was supposed to be the guy, but Danny Granger got yes, in. I remember that and. I swear to God, I just don't remember Vogel being on the sideline, but it was him. It clearly was him. Yeah, Vogel was there. And uh, I always, I always, and I still to this day, am a big fan of Lance Stevenson. I've always been a big fan of Lance. People clown me about it all the time. Like, how you like Lance Stevenson? I'm like, yo, I love Lance Stevenson. Well, I didn't then. I do now. Yeah, I always love Lance Stevenson. Yeah. It's like I grew to love Metal World Peace. I grew to love him. I didn't like him at first. I grew to love that man. But go yeah. ahead. Lance, so Lance Stevenson was on there. Lance, to make, off you the bench. Lance yeah. to make you And dance. they had George Hill. Dance. And uh, Rashawn actually got me into liking George Hill. 
Shout out to Rashawn. I got to get that to Rashawn. Rashawn got me like in George Hill. I was mm-hmm. playing a game against Rashawn one day. He whooped my whooped my behind with George Hill. Let me just say that. Yeah, Shout was, out to Josh Bailey in the comments. He said Lance was a fool. Lance still Lance, is a fool. Lance still but, is a fool, but he be out, he be balling for the rest of the season. He got signed for the rest of the season, though. Yeah, he balling. They probably gonna give him a contract for next year. And when they do, I'm gonna be applauding his crazy behind. Yeah, he deserve it. He's a like I said, he's a real good player. He's not a bad player at all. Mm-hmm. But that's why I started watching the Pacers, though. I started watching the Pacers and started paying attention to him. And that's when I was like, yo, Frank Vogel ain't that bad, but he, you just couldn't get past, you can't get past LeBron and them. And I felt the same way about uh, the guy that was coaching Toronto. I think his name is. I Dwayne. was about to say, um, I'm seeing his face. I see the tall black man. I see his face, but I can't think of his name right he's now. On, he's on Detroit now. He's coaching he's an Detroit assistant. Yeah, he's an assistant, isn't he? He's no, not he's the, the head, head coach. coach. He's the head coach of Detroit. He's a head coach? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, I don't like Detroit either. So, you know, I, I kind of oh, I kind of barely look at them. Well, yeah. well, yeah, he's the head coach of Detroit. And he's, um, like I said, he's coaching Detroit now. And Detroit is, uh, they're, they're, they're looking like they're about to start turning things up. They finally got them a star. So See, they're building. Playing. They're building. Yeah, That's they're how building. you do with things. It's not going to happen overnight. These impatient fans kill me. They want to just stir it up, mix it up, shake it up, and all of a sudden come out with a chip right now. That win, that win right now mentality. That's what was burning me up when I was talking about this Lakers thing. I was so mad. I was furious. I remember how furious I was, Dennis. Because I was Dwayne like, Casey. Dwayne Casey. Oh, what? Yeah, that's it. Dwayne Casey. Thanks, OG. I was like, what? You want to win? And these are Lakers fans telling me, I, I want to win now. We want to win now. We ain't won in so long. Okay, so if we haven't won in so long, one, two more years going to kill you? That bad? What the hell is wrong with you? What are you thinking? Do you love the Lakers or not? I love the Lakers. I love the organization. I want them to return to a culture of winning. So tell me now if there's any Lakers fans in the comments. I know they're not. But if anybody no, sees OG over his, there. Oh, that's right. OG's in the comment. If you're a Laker fan, was this one chip <laughs> worth it to you? Because it's not worth it to me. I can still be at 16 banners right now. I can still be at 16 banners and be fine. You know why? Because we're developing, we're returning to a culture of winning. Can anybody that's a fan of the Lakers who's okay with the one chip that we've gotten so far in the last four years, can you tell me that they've reestablished a culture of winning at the Lakers? Have they done that? You better answer no. Because if you say yes, they have, you're lying. There's no culture of winning there. There's no culture of winning. I just, just came out with y'all uh, TV show. Winning, what's it called? Winning Time? Magic Johnson TV show? That's a show about the past, honey. Mm-hmm. That's the winning time of the past. Yes. It's a good show, too. But no, ain't got nothing to do with now. OG Wing. said, I expect more. However, I accept the one. 
I accept the one too, but that's that wasn't my question, but thank you for answering. But my question is, does it mean something to you? What's it mean? What's it mean to you if you're a true Laker fan? Have they returned to the culture of winning? Have they reestablished the culture of winning on the Los Angeles Lakers? Have they done that? As of today, April the 9th, 2022 at 11:56 a.m. Eastern. Mm, mm, no, they haven't. Yeah, you're not being you you're not being honest with yourself if you say yes, you think they have. Mm, mm, you're entitled mm. to your opinion, but I don't believe that you're being honest with yourself if you say yes. And I'm not just talking to OG. I'm just talking in general. Talking to no, no, I don't think you're talking to OG. I'm, I'm just I'm no. thinking about all them Laker fans I know. That's I know a lot of Laker it. fans. Yeah, I know a lot like, of Laker mm, haters too. Mm, Oh, Lakers. Man, I wore my purple hoodie today for, for those Lakers fans. You know what I mean? Well, I got on my gold for my Lakers. You got the purple. I got, I got, I got the gold. gold. I, I, I'll, show you what I, yeah. I'll show you what I got a little bit. I well, I, you got the gold purple. I got the gold. I love my Lakers. I will never stop loving my Lakers, no matter who ruins the organization. It's still my organization, just like I do with the Steelers, the Reds, the Yankees, the Dodgers. I love them all. I love them. Okay, but um, this right here is bogus. Not making the playoffs. Playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs? We're trying to win a game. You got four Hall of Famers, man. Just, just okay. Move on. Go ahead. Yeah, my head. My head is starting to hurt. See. Let's let's yeah uh, let's let's move along. Let's go ahead. So we <laughs> talked about the Lakers and the Knicks and uh. Um, the Nets, the Nets, on the other hand, are, are, are currently in the play-in. Uh, looks like looks like they they're going to make it. You know, right now they're seven seed. Um, I don't think there's a possibility of them getting a six seed. Right now they're seven seed, so they will have to play the Cavaliers in the play-in, which I think happens this week. Play-in is this week because there's uh four four playing games. Yeah, so it's this week. So we'll see exactly how everything happens with this play-in. How do you how do you feel about the Nets? It's a real possibility that they may not be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that way. If they do not make the playoffs and someone had to ask you why their season turned out the way it did, it did, what would your answer be? Steve Nash. Mm -hmm. Would that be your only answer? Or would you no, have like two, it'll, two it'll or three be, things? It'll be Steve Nash, Kyrie Irving, and um, I, I kind of think the Nets are cursed, to be honest with you. I, I, no, I, I don't believe in curses. I believe that. Okay. Then they got a black cloud in, in, in that part of the world. Okay. There's <laughs> a black cloud hovering. I believe in, I believe in organizational mismanagement. Now I believe in that, but I don't black believe in I don't believe in pixie dust or black cloud, black cat crossing, and no, I don't believe that. I don't believe in curses, but I do believe in organization, perpetual organizational mismanagement. I do believe in that. Washington, the Washington team, the Knicks, uh, the Chargers have issues, have a history of oh. issues. 
This is all that stuff we got the black cloud hovering. It's hovering. The Cincinnati Bengals, the the, the I don't uh, know the Bengals. Bengals, I think the Bengals are yes, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I believe in that that there are some issues organizationally that prevent them from winning perpetually. Okay, okay, all right. Now that you said that. Well, okay. but you said, but you said Steve Nash, Kyrie Irvin and the curse so elaborate black this to touch on black, black they, whatever whatever the curse is cool we can say it we just call it the curse because we know it means all that that's cool elaborate a little bit for the people so they can know where you're coming from though dennis tell uh, them what you're saying all right, well, about steve, steve let's go steve nash first uh, first of all I, I just don't uh, it's just me i don't believe steve nash is a good coach and and i know a lot of I people are saying you know uh then you're just hating or whatever, but I, I just don't believe he's a good coach. Um, and it's, it's kind of bad because now you sit back and you think about how long Durant has been there. Durant and Kyrie has been on that team, and what have they accomplished? Second round of playoffs. And that's been about it. Now, Kyrie hold, you know, not getting the vaccine, holding out, which is his choice. You know, it's his choice. And the great city of New York did not think about letting the vaccine be um, not mandated until baseball season started, which I knew it was going to happen. That they was going to open it up around baseball season because they was not <clears throat> going to let all the baseball players not play. They was not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. So um, with Kyrie missing those games, they end up not actually being in sync. Uh, the trade, the trade for Ben Simmons and uh, James Harden should have been a good, should have been a trade that the Nets should have won. You know, out the park, they should have won that trade out the park. But Ben Simmons ain't playing, so it's not a one that you want out the park. But y'all should have won that trade out the park. Y'all got picks, you got Ben Simmons, and and you got. Uh, uh, Wardell's little brother, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. Like, come on, you—you you really got some some defense in the, in the back end of your, uh, your the back end, and you also got another shooter. When one of your shooters is out for the season, Joe Harris, he's out for the season. You ain't got you another sharpshooter. That's right. But it don't look like it's gonna be enough. I don't. I got a feeling that they're gonna lose to the Cavaliers. Something about these Cleveland Cavaliers, man. I just got a feeling they're going to lose to the Cavaliers. Yeah. And once they lose to the Cavaliers, I know for sure they lose to the Atlanta Hawks. For sure, for sure. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. And, and I mean, it's just the way it is. So that's Steve Nash. Man, he ain't, he ain't coaching. And then you said uh, Kyrie. What about the Kyrie? The fact that you need a whole, yeah. Vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, what about this cloud? I, I'm trying to think to myself, you know, the last time the Nets have actually been real good was when Jason Kidd was on the team. Darren they Williams? The, they, no, Jason Kidd. Darren Williams was there. No, Jason Kidd. They, they, went, to, they went to back-to-back championships with Jason Kidd. 
Yeah, but they were in the running when Darren was there afterwards. In the running where? In the playoffs. They were in the running. They yeah. actually got good enough to get to the second round or the third. Champ championship. No, what okay. Hear what I'm saying. They were better with Jason Kidd. I'm agreeing with you on that. Okay. What I'm saying, you said the last time they were any good. I'm saying they weren't as good as when they were with when Jason was there, but they were good though. They were at least a challenging team when 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 Darren, I call him Deron. I everybody call him Darren, but when Darren Williams was there, okay. a player I couldn't stand. I could I never liked that dude. But anyway, he was there. Yeah, you ain't like him in college either? No. Nah. Nah. I understand the Utah thing, but hey. No, no. Nah, nah, just what about Carlos Boozy? You like Carlos Boozy? Yeah, I liked him. I liked him until I liked him until he went to LA. Oh, okay. When he got to LA, he regressed. And I didn't like him anymore. I felt oh, like was, to me he was regressing I, with the uh with the Bulls, but he was, but his personality was still cool to me. He still had a win. A will to win and try to, you know, but when yeah, he got he, to he LA, he was that. just he lost that. Yeah. He, he lost that and he was just silly. Yeah. And I was like, You trying to be young or something? We know you old, you old. Quit trying to act they like was, they swaggy were celebrating. <laughs> they were yeah. celebrating that, that win. I will never forget that footage. And, and, of, and they showed they showed that footage to Kobe and his whole face. <laughs> I will never forget that. It was on yeah. what's his name oh. show? Which one of them late night shows? And he's just sitting there looking, coming. looking, looking fly as he was in that suit with his, with his legs crossed his arm. He was just, <laughs> oh Lord, Whew. rest in peace, Kobe. Man, I miss that dude. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Bean, as LeBron likes to say, Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean. Uh, yeah, that that's that's exactly how I feel about that. And this this uh this Eastern Conference is really tough. Why? Why you it's, say it's tough? It's really tough. I can I can honestly say, and this is me saying, I can honestly say, if if Atlanta gets that AC, they're going to give the Heat a run for their money. Who wins? The Heat may win, but it'll be Game Seven. You think that Atlanta's going to take them all the way to seven? They're going to take them to seven. I say the Heat in five or six. I don't say seven. I don't think. I don't think Atlanta has what it takes to take them to seven. Seven. That's that's Trey right there. Trey I bet goes. you. I bet you on it. And I love Trey you Young. You, hold up. What's the bet? Oh wait, hold up. you don't even no. say that. That's not no. even. That's not even your thing. You bet? No. Uh-uh. You bet no money. I'm not betting money. Oh, uh, I'm just you saying, you know, how you, you know how you just talk, you say, I bet. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to do no real bet. I'm not like that. I'm not like y'all. Y'all got y'all use betting like like y'all trying to feel macho or something. I don't understand it. Y'all always got to take that bet, 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 bet. I'm like, y'all betting is overrated. Forget all that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I ain't trying to do all that. I don't know about if it's overrated. That money it's overrated. Money feel good. It's overrated. That feels good. But anyway, yeah, I I think five or six. I I don't think that I don't think Atlanta can take them to seven. This is, this, I, I'm just saying this is trade time of the year, and and for some reason, 
that team just start playing better when March. They need one. They need one more smart draft. That's what they need. They, they need one more smart I draft. I don't know if you heard what I said on uh on Sam Sports. You might have missed. No, it, but they was asking, I didn't hear it. They was asking where will LeBron go next. And, and you said, said Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, you said Atlanta. That's what I said. You and I and I said to myself, mm, I hope not, because I want Trey to thrive. And see, he'll if he if thrive. he goes to Atlanta, thrive. I said thrive. Isn't that what I said? I think. Well, no. I, okay, go ahead. Finish the statement. I'm gonna tell you what I said. What I'm saying is. If he were to go to Atlanta, Trey Young, that would be the end of his development for however long LeBron lives, stays there. That's that's what happens when he goes to any team. Whoever's around him takes a step back. It is what it is. Now people want to say, "Uh, uh-uh, he makes them better. He makes them better. Look what happened." No, they play better with him because they play for him. They play. Everything is for him. Everything they do. Everything. If people will be honest about it. Everything they do is for LeBron. Everything. So your own individual progression and development is out the window while he's there. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares what happens to you five years from now. Right now, I want you to play because this is what he needs so he can be great. So this is what you're going to do. And that's all. So if you love Trey as much as I think you love Trey, you you better hope he doesn't go to Atlanta. I I believe. Here's here's my opinion. I believe he That's right. LeBron sells tickets. That's it. They don't care about your growth, development, championship. They don't care nothing about none of that. I believe he goes to Atlanta. I don't believe that at all. They actually, um, I think they get rid of Clinton Capella. That's that's the number one thing I think they do. Um, But I I don't think Trey Young's growth goes downhill because – I believe he'll be in that same position like Kyrie was. Yes. And guess what happened to Kyrie? What happened to Kyrie? Look at his stats. Well, I'm not going by the when stats. He went, when, he, when he left Cleveland, where did he go? He went to Boston. Right. How, was, how successful was he in Boston? He was injured. When he wasn't injured and he was on the floor, how successful was he? What was his plus minus when he was on the floor? Oh, I don't know. It was it was sickening. It was terrible. Mm. They were better without him on the floor. Now, do you honestly believe Kyrie Irving, the Kyrie Irving we grew to know and love, played didn't know how to play all of a sudden. All of a sudden he didn't know how to do, he didn't know how to be the floor general. He didn't know think, how to make them shots. He didn't know how to drive to the basket to drive the foul anymore. He didn't know how to shoot. He didn't know. He done forgot how to do all that stuff all of a sudden. That ain't what no. I saw when I watched the game. No, I that's game, not what I, you – I know it. So that's what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you, he did not – he could not fit in with those boys. He could not. Why? Because of his experience in Cleveland. 
Why? Because he had to take a back seat to LeBron. He could not be himself. So when he went to Boston, he still hadn't gotten Kyrie back. He wasn't being Kyrie. He didn't even look, he didn't even look, look like the same player. And guess what people said? They just said, oh, he was just the wrong fit for those dudes. Bull crap. That ain't what it Any was to me. That is a forward, small forward, powerful. If you are if you, you are three, four, or a two, if you are two, three, or four, you want to play with Kyrie. I don't care what your style of play is. You want to play with Kyrie Irving. But they couldn't make it work because Kyrie was not himself. That That's not what I saw. I'm going to tell you what I saw. That's what I saw. What I saw in Boston was Kyrie got injured. First, no, no, no let me start off from Gordon Hayward got injured first game of the season. No, no. Then Kyrie got injured. Now, those were supposed right. to be the stars of the team. Right. So, next yes. thing you know, the coach, what's the coach name? What was the coach name? What was the coach name? He, he, he ended up moving up. And everybody gave him all this. They I, gave I can't him remember whatever, his, I can't remember his name. Coach, just say they, coach. They, they, they gave him all this praise because of this magical season he Stevens, had. Stevens, Stevens, Coach Stevens. Yeah, the magical season, the season that he had, he took those guys without his two main stars there. Brad to, Stevens, to, yeah. To the uh, championship. Yeah. No, 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 to the, to the, to the Eastern Conference. But see, you're, you're, you're telling me why they didn't have a good season. I'm not no, talking no, no, about No, 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 that's that. not, no, no, I'm, I'm finishing it. Now, those guys, those guys felt as though they balled better without Kyrie. So when Kyrie came back with his attitude, like, yo, I'm here, let's get things together. No. Like, no we, we did this without you. No. No, no, no. no. And that's when, he had, that's when Kyrie came out and he said the thing like, you know what? I need to call LeBron up and apologize. Dennis, you missed a very important step in the transition. Thank y'all. Brasty. Brasty. That is what happened, but you missed one important, you missed the order. The order was he got injured. They were balling. He came back. When they first started playing, he came back, yes, I'm here, but guess what wasn't there? His play. So after a few weeks of playing with him, they said, you know what? We did this without you, and you still trying to act like you the man, and you haven't shown you're the man. That's what. That's the part you didn't say right now. You didn't say that. You just said he came back, and they were like, we won without you. No, it wasn't like he came back, and that day, as soon as he said, I'm back, they said, well, we won without you. We don't need you. That's not how it went. No, this was right. after yeah. weeks of playing with him yeah, after he it, came yeah. back. And they were like, wait a minute, I know you're trying to hold the ball and take the last shot and be the man, but this dude over here been making them last shots for us. He should have got the call, not you. And they were mad at Brad Stevens because they kept giving the call to Kyrie when dude over here, I can't remember who the dude was right now. I can't remember which player. It might have been Tatum was the one that should have been getting the ball. And they had a blow up because Kyrie missed. They had a blow up after the game, and that's when all that came out. So what I'm saying to you is Kyrie wasn't even Kyrie yet. The Kyrie we see now coming back from injury, now, this season, every time he comes back from injury, he's balling. He didn't come back from injury uh, and start balling in Boston. You know why? Because he's been stunted for three freaking years. 
I don't I, I don't I don't believe that. I'm just letting you know. I don't believe You don't have to believe it. It's true. I don't, I don't believe that. But I, I do believe his Boston experience was was bad. Just like uh eventually his Brooklyn experience is gonna be bad because he takes too many games off just cuz. Oh, I I agree with that now. No, I agree. But he with that wasn't taking he wasn't taking games off just cuz then. He took games off because he was injured. No, he took games off when he wasn't injured. He took okay. Austin, he took I understand that. I understand he does that, Dennis. But what I'm saying to you, that has nothing to do in the context of the subject we're talking about. He does um, do that. But that's a and, separate issue. And what, what I'm saying to you is, you say you don't believe that that's true. And I'm telling you, we saw it happen. People just don't want to acknowledge it. You included. That's what happened to this brother. How he come back when he go to the Nets? How is he a better player? I don't believe he's a better player. I believe he's the same player. He just got more of the green light. No, he wasn't the same in Boston. This is what we got Cleveland Kyrie now. We don't have Boston Kyrie. We got Cleveland Kyrie playing for the Nets. Cleveland Kyrie. Well, neither one Kyrie. This is not Boston Kyrie. Kyrie in Boston was a whole different person. Because the way he was treated in Boston, not because of LeBron James hold him back. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Before the treatment, Dennis, that's what you don't want to accept. You keep trying to say that the treatment came before the play. The play came first. Then the treatment came. Okay. You got to remember context and you got to take context in order. You can't have stuff happening. There's a for every action there's a reaction. You got to take the action and the reaction in order. If you take it out of order, then yes, you can spin it to mean whatever the hell you want. But if you take it in order, it is what it is. And the action came before the treatment. You go pull up them articles about Boston back then. You'll and check the dates that they were published, and you will see what I mean. I'm serious. I looked at this before. I watched the game. I'm just telling you. I, I watched the to game me, too, but I'm saying to that's me, the Kyrie, order. To me, Kyrie wasn't dead. Like I'm not gonna say that. To me, LeBron didn't stunt Kyrie. I just think Kyrie, okay. my biggest thing of Kyrie leaving Cleveland is because Kyrie didn't like the fact that LeBron got all the fucking shiny he did. We and all know that, Dennis. Boston, I never I never said that that's not no, true, but we're not. I'm, we're, going to, we're, I'm going to Boston now. Now, when he got to Boston. We're not talking about that, though. He got to but Boston, that's fine. He had a whole different situation. But I don't think none of this got to do with LeBron. <laughs> This is Kyrie Irving. You you done missed the whole you done missed the whole thing. What I'm saying, none of this has anything to do with LeBron. Is a true statement. I am not saying that this has to do with LeBron. That's not what I said. You haven't heard me say that during this whole show. That's not what I said. That's two different things than what I'm saying. What I'm saying, and this has to do with LeBron, is two different things. I am saying before our eyes, this is what we witnessed happen. 
the man saved a championship game first and he gets no credit for that game lebron mm -hmm. gets all the credit because of the block people do not want to give kyrie the credit for the shot that came before it because they want to give all the credit to the block now you think about what i'm saying that's why Kyrie wanted to go it had nothing to do you said his development i'm not saying that he didn't develop what i'm saying is he could not naturally progress to be the Kyrie who's balling right now, balling with LeBron. Because to some degree, when you are a baller, 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 shot caller, you need those accolades. Kobe Bryant talked about this in a video once. You do need it. You do. And when you're overlooked, everybody doesn't have that mamba mentality that when I'm overlooked, oh, I'm going to show you. They get overlooked and they take it in to the degree it actually influences and impacts their abilities. Some people can capitalize, use it to capitalize, some cannot. Kyrie not built like Kobe. He ain't Kobe. He's not built like Kobe. You can tell by his whole stance with this vaccine stuff, his mentality is not the same. And this is not a negative thing against Kyrie. I love Kyrie Irving. I think he's probably one of the most disrespected next to next to Russell Westbrook. He is the most misunderstood player in the NBA, in my opinion. Next to next, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Westbrook and Kevin Durant are the top two. Then it comes him, in my opinion. It's being misunderstood. That's my opinion. Mine alone. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you about this, this thing with LeBron is what we were talking about before is the effect on other people around him when he's on their team. And what I am saying is the effect is lasting. It is not just while they're on the team that year. You don't notice it until he's no longer on your team. You didn't notice it with Kevin Love. You didn't notice it with Kyrie. You didn't notice, notice it with Tristan. Tristan even started playing differently. You don't notice it until after they're no longer playing with LeBron, how it impacted their growth and development, it, their progression, not growth and development, progression. That's the word I'm going to use, their progression. Because you know, whenever you start something new, when you start, you start here, you, you build. You build on your your uh career this is just like in any job and you progress in ways you progress you progress you progress either through development learning new tools something there's development there's learning there's actual repetitive motion things that help you develop your skills and then there's the skills and all of that right this is what happens to all of us but after they leave a team with him, there's something about that first year after they no longer play on the team with him. It's almost like, it's almost like COVID. 
people that I know that have been ravaged by COVID, they come back differently and they struggle in the beginning to get back to their normal selves. And I'm saying Boston was his struggle year. So no matter if he had gotten injured or not, this would have happened anyway. He was not going to be Cleveland Kyrie. He was going to be Boston Kyrie. He just happened to get injured and be out for a while. So we didn't get to see it until he came back. And when he came back, those boys were excited to have him because they thought that he was going to be the difference to take them even over the top. That's what they thought. But what happened? Kyrie showed up and it wasn't Cleveland Kyrie. It was some other Kyrie. But Kyrie didn't even see it. Um, I don't. With the uh, Kevin Love situation that you were talking about, I do same thing. But I, I do with with Kevin Love and Chris Bosh. Same thing. I seen those two early, like when they started playing together. Like Bosh wasn't the same, the same guy he was in Toronto. Like you wasn't getting the Toronto Bosh with the dreads. That's not what you was getting. And you wasn't getting Kevin Love guy. That was with Minnesota, who get you twenty rebounds and twenty five points, and no, you wasn't getting that guy. And who told him that? Who told Chris Bosh that he had to be ready? Be ready. Oh, I don't know. know. Stephen A. Smith. But go ahead. I I knew nothing about that. Kevin Love told him, "You got to be ready." When you go, when you're gonna play with him, you got to be ready. You gotta understand, you got to take a step back. If you're not prepared to do that, you you can't, it's not worth going to the chip for you if you're not willing to do that, because you're not gonna get there trying to ball out. You can only ball to him. That's the fact of the matter. You can you can get this by watching. That's all I'm saying to you, Dennis. That's all I'm saying. The action came before the treatment in Boston. They ended up treating it. I don't care what you don't see. I'm telling you, that's the order. And you can go and you can read it and you will see. You've forgotten. You've switched it up in your mind somehow because you were watching the game just like I was. Right. And you heard the story when it came out. That the, that the other players weren't happy. They had to have a team meeting. They had the team, the first team, they had three different team meetings without the, without the coaching staff. Three. The first one they had, they had without Kyrie. It was all of them without Kyrie. Remember that? Yeah, uh, this was after he came back. This was after he came back from injury and had been playing for a little while. This wasn't his after his first game back. Well, they wasn't. Had a, they wasn't just mad at Kyrie. They was also mad at Gordon Hayward. Yes. Because the, because the coach kept trying to force Gordon Hayward uh, into the game. And he wasn't playing better. No, he wasn't. They kept they kept leaving. What's they his name on the bench? Him. What's the dude that they kept leaving on the bench? I can't remember. Oh, I think oh my was, god! I, no, no, no. I think it was. I think it was uh, Brown. I think it was, I think they, it was Brown. They, 
Yeah, they kept putting him in, and they kept make they kept bringing Brown in off. They kept starting right. Gordon and bringing Brown in off the bench. Right, and that, that's why I said that that uh-huh. whole like I said that whole situation was it was wrong. But the right. Kyrie thing was separate. The Kyrie thing happened first, but it was after Kyrie had been there several games. That's my point. It wasn't immediately because. He was talking big shit about yeah, the, I'm the man and I'm back. I don't, I don't think it was immediately. I was just speeding up the process when I was saying. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand, but I just want you to understand it was after several games, and they were able to see Kyrie ain't being Kyrie right now. And the reason why that's key in our discussion is because I saw it too, and this is where my opinion is coming from. This is not from me just saying this. You know, I can't stand Boston. So the only reason why I was watching them was because of two reasons. Kyrie Irving and uh, Jason, uh, not Jason, not Jalen, Jason Tatum. Because I love Jason Tatum as soon as he was drafted. I was like, I'm watching Boston. I can't stand him, but I'm watching him. He going to be the next Kobe. That's what I was thinking. So anyway, my opinion that's your opinion. You're allowed to have it. Mine's my opinion. Mine's my equal, my equal opinion is my enough. opinion, but the facts still remain. The timeline I just gave you is factual. That's how it happened. So that's why I'm saying go back and pull them and read them yourself. If you don't believe me, you will see by the dates. That's the order. Yeah, but my my opinion is he goes to Atlanta, teaches them how to win early, so they can you know form to be the best team in the East. That's my wait, opinion. I don't think nobody takes a stunt. Who do you think? Wait, wait. Who do you think he's going to teach when he gets there? Who? No, he's going to teach him how to win early. Teach who how to win early? Atlanta. Who? What players team. are he going to teach? My no. Well, you done forgot who you were talking about. You saying LeBron going to go and leave a team intact? He just going to go there and the team going to stay the same. But no, no, no. I said, I said Clinton Capella was leaving. That's the only one you think that's going to leave? That's it. Clinton Capella. Man, you out of your mind. <laughs> no, honey. No. No. Why is Sheila calling me on my house phone? I, I, I'm... But Don't Clint understand Capella's that. the only one I see leaving because he doesn't. Uh, he does. He, he actually doesn't fit on the team. To be honest with you, but they they make him do what to do. They gonna teach him how to win early. They gonna be. They're gonna become the number one team in the, in the East. Well, maybe not number one, but they'll be a top team in the East. I'll say that. I ain't gonna say no one. They'll be a top team in the East. That's what I'll say. Maybe one of the top four. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's wrong with that theory. When he goes, he's not leaving that team intact. And I don't mean just Capella. I mean, several people are going to be gone. Because that's what he does. They don't fit his style of play, all of them. They're going to be gone, honey. And he's going to bring people in that fit his style. Move on. Just just move on. I just, y'all still, you included, you still have not learned your lesson. It's no, like I'm y'all, just, I, I'm, at y'all this watch point, what he does all eight, 17 I watch, years. I do watch what he did still, all these years, but I know. I think and now you year, still come 20? up with, with him doing something different. He's this not going to do anything different. 
But this year, 20. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Go ahead, honey. Go ahead. What's the next one? I'm sorry. Uh, That was the last one. No, it wasn't. We didn't do the what? West. Was, you just I mean, asked me about the East. We did the West. We talked about the Pelicans. We talked about... uh. We didn't talk about the Pelicans. We just talked about the Lakers. No, I did. I brought up the Pelicans. You must you mentioned that. Pelicans. Only thing you said yeah. was that you think they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. That they're was gonna it. Make the playoffs, yeah. And then you brought back up the Lakers. That is right. That's what happened. You brought back mm-hmm. up the Lakers. Yeah. I know I mentioned the Pelicans. You mentioned Pelicans, it, but we didn't Pelicans talk about it. The, Pelicans played the Spurs and I think it's the the uh Minnesota Timberwolves played it played the Clippers. And there's a couple of people out there that's high on the Clippers. Um, I think they are. They're 40 and 40 right now. They, they are. Right now. Who is? High. Who's higher? The Clippers. They're 40 and 40. Oh. A couple people are mm-hmm. high. Like, like, I heard people that's been like, the Clippers are dangerous. You know, Clippers I, I not dangerous. The Clippers going to clip. Yeah, I, I don't think so. They got, the Clippers are not dangerous. No fear. But I will tell you, if they're smart, this is the season to do it, to get some respect in L.A. This is the season because we went to bed. So if they're going to do anything, this is the Clippers season to do it. Corey said the Clippers are a dumpster fire. They are. The best player in in Boston. He said, anybody remember me saying that the Rams won the Super Bowl? No. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) You should have put that on your uh, your joints so somebody would have known it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that either. So do you think that the Clippers will beat Minnesota Timberwolves? No. Okay. Not now. Not with Edwards, no. You think the Spurs will beat uh, the New Pelicans? Yes. Okay. I think that could happen. So do you think the Spurs beat the Clippers? Didn't you just ask me that? The Spurs? The Spurs beat the Clippers. Yeah, I think, the, I think the Spurs could beat the Clippers. Yeah. Okay. And the Spurs will get the HC. But the Spurs yeah, I think could the Spurs win. by Phoenix, though. Yeah, I think the Spurs could get in. I think it's dead. Phoenix will sweep them. Yeah. I don't think the Clippers are going to make it. As much as I like and respect Ty Lue, I just don't believe in the Clippers. And it doesn't matter who's over there. It just doesn't matter. You know that dark cloud that you were talking about? Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. That is another. I think it I think it's the two teams in the same city. I, think I don't think it it's is. just that. I think it's these particular teams in the same city because I feel like Clippers people are just so focused on wanting to be better than the Lakers and that's all they talk about. And that's all they think about. That's that's it. They don't they lose sight of what it takes to be great because all they're thinking about is the Lakers all the time. Man. It's the same thing that happened with Duke in the NCAA championship and Carolina. Carolina was so hell bent on destroying Coach K's last you know, ending of his career that that's all they focused on. They forgot to pay attention to Kansas and they got their ass beat. 
Yep. Shout out to the NCAA champions, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Also give a Dang. shout out to Dang the God. other NCAA champions, the South Carolina Gamecocks, with my girl Dawn Staley from Philadelphia Philly stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaliyah Boston, who gave a shout out to Candace Parker during their speech. That was That's right. Cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool. It was cool to see Candace right there front and center supporting these young ladies. I love it. Yeah. I know Candace, Candace Parker. I know that's your boo. Yeah. She married now, so I can't be. Yeah, old. I know, but she's still your boo. Yeah. I she mean, you know, hey, Swagoo's married, but that's still my man right there. That's oh, that's my boo. We got in the show. Do you have any last words here, Shane? Um, okay. Shout out to my sister, Sheila Mullen. Birthday is her April month. We're going to be celebrating her birthday all weekend. And I love her dearly. Shout out to uh, people who um, have lost loved ones. It's hard when they're gone. It's hard that my mom and dad aren't here to love up on my sister for the special birthday. But we honor them in, in the ways that we do by trying to be great people and, and continue their legacy. I just want to say a moment and talk about the Supreme Court pending justice, Katanji Jackson, Katanji Brown Jackson. Did I say it right? Ah, Katanji Brown Jackson. Well, I I know Katanji. I just got to remember the order of the last name. Brown Jackson. Yeah, she was uh, confirmed. If you did not, if you did not see the live broadcast of the press conference with the president and vice president and her, you should watch it on YouTube. It's very inspiring, very touching. I'm very proud of her, um, I, and I welcome her on the Supreme Court. It just reminds me that um, Thurgood Marshall was the first black. Supreme Court Justice, and she's continuing his legacy, and I think that is awesome. Um, it, it, and it also inspired me to really, really consider going to law school like I've always wanted to go. So even at my age, I've, I, I'm really seriously thinking about doing this for real. I, I just it just really just reignited that fire in me to do that. So my my last word is if you're inspired to do something, hold on to it and then act on it. Don't be afraid to act on it. Don't be afraid to fail. It's that fear of failure that is the number one reason why people do not fulfill their dreams. It's that fear of failure. It's my number one reason. And I know a lot of people just like me. So pray and reel against that feel, that fear, conquer it and realize your dreams. Those are my final, final thoughts today. Always right, good me, to be me, here me, with you. Always me, good to always, be here with you, Dennis. But I never asked you this, no, and now I wanna know. If you had your choice to go to any law school, like you had your choice, they all was open. Whatever one you wanted, it's open for you. No, you got to pay for nothing. Everything full ride. What law school would it be? Harvard. Harvard Law? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. That's what she went to. She went to Harvard Law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got a law. And I know my friends, my friends who are the uh, pro HBCUers out there are probably disappointed in my answer. Um, but that's my choice. It would be Harvard. Mm-hmm. My second choice would be um, North Carolina Central University Law School. That would be my second, which is an HBCU. Okay. And then my third, just to give you the top three, my third would be Princeton. The reason why my third would be Princeton, well, Harvard is first is because that was uh, Obama. And, this, and then Princeton would be second because it was Clinton's. So that's it. Not bad. Now, why is MC? I mean, would be third, I'm saying, not second. Yeah, why, Central why would be NC, second. Why is NC Central second? Because it's an HBCU that also has a top law school in the world. It's world, worldwide recognized as one of the top law schools in the world. Mm. And it's right here in Durham, so. Yeah, right down the street, huh? Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. Right down the street, I ain't, I ain't mad. But it would be Harvard. Harvard would be my first choice, and I'll tell you what I'm doing about it. I, I, I'm gonna send Harvard something, and I, I'm gonna talk to you about it offline. Oh, uh, all right. Well, listen. Let me let me get into. Uh, I was I was watching uh, one of uh, I want to say hip hop moguls. Well, he he's no longer doing hip hop no more, but. You know, uh, during the during the nineties and the two thousands, he was one of hip hop moguls. You know, started the Rockefeller. Um, talking about Dame Dash. You know, one thing I I learned listening to Dame Dash is to stop talking negative. And I'm gonna stop. And I think I'm gonna stop doing it. I, I'm gonna encourage other people to do it as well. If you have a dream, stop worried about who, when, what, and why. Write it down. Visualize it. Write it down. And then go accomplish it. Get everything you need to get. Research it. Make sure you need get everything that you need to get, and go accomplish it. That's the way you go about, you know, getting your dreams and keep dreaming. Because once you pass your first dream, you need to keep dreaming for another dream. He said the one thing that he said was one one of the best things I heard him say was. The, the best funeral to go to was the death of a dream because you accomplished it and everything came true. That was one of the best things mm-hmm. I heard him say. So, I, yeah. thing I'm going to say out there is keep dreaming and if any stress come your way, make sure you exhale like Whitney Houston told you to. Shoop, shoop. Shoop, shoop. God bless y'all. Great day.